off self-hatred tonight. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. There's no shadow now. There's no shadow you won't light up, bouncing you won't. Come on, let it rise. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't. Come on, declare it. No shadow now. There's no shadow. Good evening. Praise the Lord. How many of you got lots of good rain at home? Amen. I think uh, Brother Hubert said they got three inches out there. That's that's good news. So uh, we're gonna go ahead and begin tonight. And uh, I want to remind you guys: uh, don't forget about Prime Timers dinner this Saturday at McGee's in Marietta. Uh, meet over there at one or be here by 12:30 and ride the van over there so come out eat some good catfish do they have other than catfish or is it just catfish so you don't know somebody asked me that is it just catfish so but uh catfish is enough i mean if you're gonna eat a big mess of catfish that's good so so come out be a part of that um also i didn't mention it this morning i forgot about it but get a bulletin and in the bottom of your bulletin here it says new prayer phone list and uh, it has instructions there. We had a prayer list where when someone would call with a need, we could send out a message and send it to everybody that was on the list at once. And uh, it's, it's no longer here. So we, we've made a new one and it gives instructions how to do that. And so uh, I'll just tell you real quick how to do it. Go on your text on your phone, text to the number 81010 and it's on here. Text the message at the little at sign, the little A with the circle. Uh, LGAG Church and when you send that message then it will put you on that list and anytime we send out any information about the church or our prayer list because I've had several people ask me how do we get on the prayer list to to get prayer now or to get the prayer needs and so if you'll sign up on that and like I said it's in the bottom of the bulletin and if you need help with it uh, see me or one of these kids they can help you with your phone you laugh but it's true I almost had to ask one a while ago because somebody handed me a phone that wasn't the same as mine. And I said, well, let me get, my daughter can do it. My 10-year-old can do it. But, but that way you'll get the messages for the church if church lets out because of weather or uh, if we have, uh, you know, a prayer need that comes in, it, it all goes out. We can send one message. Everybody on the list gets it. So, uh, again, we don't have the one that we had before. And so we wanted to make sure that everybody's aware of that. So be sure and do that. And, uh, uh, and grab a bulletin each week anyway. Uh, if for no other reason, I don't like throwing them away. So grab a bulletin, take it home, because then you don't have to ask, wait a minute, when was such and such? Well, it's, it's right there. You'll have it. And so uh, something else that's coming up in, the ne- in a couple of weeks is our Labor Day picnic. Uh, I don't have the date right now. I think it's September 4th. Uh, it's two weeks from tonight. But we will have our our Labor Day picnic down at the pavilion uh, like we do every year with hamburgers, hot dogs, and we'll have a sign-up sheet out there for everybody to bring sides and, and all the good stuff that goes with it. Desserts, lots of desserts. We always need lots of desserts. And 
homemade ice cream. And so uh, we'll have a good time, but that'll be on Labor Day, the Sunday of Labor Day weekend uh, at six o'clock. And so we'll meet down there for that. So don't forget about that uh, coming up soon. Stand with me this evening. We're gonna worship the Lord tonight. We had a few technical difficulties this morning, but I believe we've got them all worked out. And uh, so you'll actually be able to see the words. Uh, so you won't have a reason not to sing. And so, but we're going we're gonna to worship the Lord tonight. But let's just begin with a word of prayer as we enter into his presence. Father, we just love you. Lord, we just come before you again, Lord, humbled to be in your presence. Lord, your word says if your people called by your name will humble themselves and pray, Lord. And that's what we're doing tonight, Lord. We come humbly before you and we ask for your presence. We ask for your healing, Lord. We ask for your forgiveness, Lord. We ask that you come and let your Holy Spirit move in this place and just stir within us, Lord. Strengthen us, Lord. Build us up, Lord. Edify us, Lord. Prepare us for the week ahead, Lord. And we love you tonight. We praise you, God. We exalt you tonight, God, because you're worthy of our praise. Because you are holy, Lord. And your word says, as you're holy, we can be holy, Lord. We draw close to you. You draw close to us. And we just glorify you tonight. We exalt you tonight, Lord. And we love you. And we give you glory and praise in the name of Jesus.
Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Aren't you glad the Lord's forgiven your sin? He washed them all away. The devil can try to torment me all he wants. I know who's more powerful, God or that, that creepy liar devil. Amen. Amen. I see that your church has beautiful altars. Right around the front of the church, there's altars, there's steps, there's pews. There's lots of room for people to kneel at the front of the church. Yes. I'd like to invite you to come and just find a place to get alone and pray for a little bit. You can pray about our, the church during its interim period. During this interim period, pray for me, please. You know, you don't know it, but what you see come from your ministers is a result of your prayers. Right. I, I've never had a sermon that I came up with that was any good that I came up with on my own. The only ones that came that were any good were ones that God just sent from heaven. And I know that was an answer to the people's prayers. You're expressing your hunger and your desire. So pray during this interim period. Pray, pray that during this interim period, the church doesn't lose any momentum at all, that we, that we in fact, gain momentum. And, and, and then pray about the pastor that's being selected and, and uh, that God's going to lead that whole process. Just lay that before the Lord. Perhaps you have other needs. In fact, if, if during this time while we're, we're here, if you have a special need, you'd like me to lay hands on you. You'd like me to pray, anoint you with oil uh, and pray for you. Just stand up and come to me where I am and I'll be glad to stop praying and pray for you while you're doing that. But let's just spend a few minutes in the altar. Would you join me right now? And if you can't because of physical needs or whatever, you're just... Feel free to just pray right where you are. That's just fine. Any, anything that you, works for you, good. Thank you, Lord. We call upon your mighty, mighty name. Can you sing some choruses? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, you are Lord of hosts. Lord, you are God of gods. You're mighty in every way. You're mighty in every way. We've been on our, we just bow down on our knees because in your presence, Lord, there is power, there is grace, and there is hope. 
I pray for this church, Lord. I pray for Lone Grove Assembly. I pray for every part of every person who's part of this wonderful church family. I pray that during this interim, Lord, that they will feel just as secure as when they've been had the long-term pastor that they love. I pray that they'd feel like coming to church. I pray that they'd want to be a part of everything this church is doing. I pray, Lord, that the momentum of this church increases during this time, that we're having an interim between pastors. Lord, we lay before you the desire to have the pastor you've selected. We pray, God, that you will show the committee who's working on that, who's interviewing, who's receiving resumes. Lord, that, that you'd give them discernment of your will. May they, may they hear you clearly. Lord, and know that not to be tricked by some, something that looks right or something that, that feels right to the flesh. Lord, may they be led by the Spirit, I pray, just like the pastor that we ask that you would send, that he'd be led by the Spirit of God. We want a Spirit-led pastor. We want a pastor who preaches the gospel truth. And, and that attracts people all across this city to hear the messages. And, and Lord, for this church to have a, have a tremendous influence in this community and, and this whole area, Lord, all of South Southern Oklahoma, Lord, I just pray that you'd give this church uh, influence, give them the ability to speak to people who are in darkness, people who are under, under deception of the enemy. Lord, we call on you in the name of Jesus. Lord, make this a church, a powerful church, because it's a praying church. Make it a church that's anchored in, in the Word of God and, and, and just established on truth. That, that error and, and, and deception and false doctrines finds no way into this assembly, into this body of believers. Lord, we praise you. We praise you. We call upon you in the wonderful name of Jesus. God, help us to be a church that that, that lifts, lifts up hurting people, that heals broken people with the power of God in the name of Jesus. We just fall on our face before you and pray, Lord, that our youth ministry would, would be strengthened, like, that our youth ministry would be strong, that we have tremendous influence among the teenagers in this community. For our children's ministry to be strong, Lord, by the power of your spirit, Lord. We pray that every leader that's leading children, God, would just be supernaturally endued with power. And God, that they'd be able to give messages of truth to these children that, that impact their lives while they're children. We don't want to wait and see them in their late 40s or 50s coming to Jesus. We want them to live for Jesus from their childhood up. And so, Lord, we just pray for an anointing and enabling upon our children's ministry and our youth ministry and our young adult ministry and, our, and, and, and ministry for every age level of this community. God, we pray for you to, for you to lead us and guide us. Give us wisdom. Give us hope. Give us assurance of salvation, assurance of your presence with us, Lord. May we come every service expecting. May we come expecting, Lord. May we expecting when we gather in the sanctuary. May we come expecting a, a move of the Holy Spirit. May we come expecting that, that you are going to be here in your own in your own mighty way, Lord, that you're going to be here and that you're going to break through. Thank you, Lord, that you're going to break through. You're going to help us to experience. You're going to cause us to experience true living breakthroughs, Lord, in the name of Jesus. God, we pray for people that are sick. Lord, when this church prays, we pray for them to be healed. We want to have the ministry of healing. We want to have the ministry, Lord, of helping people who are hurting and in a, in a broken situation, in a, in a 
immense stress and, and, and even feeling like taking their own life. We just pray this church will be given the ability to minister to people like that, put our arms around them, love them, care about them, and help them through the dilemma that they face. God, raise up teenagers in this church to be in ministry. God, I pray you'll call them, call them, call them to the ministry, call them so that you can anoint and empower them and they can be the future leaders of our churches, God. God, we call on you. We call on you. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We bless you. We praise you. We love you, Lord. We thank you. Thank you. We 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 worship you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Upon that cross. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You can be seated. The Lord bless you. Whew, praise the Lord. I appreciate uh, you being here. And uh, I'm looking forward to what the Lord is going to accomplish Amen. with our being here tonight. Amen. 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 Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. It's a verse that has become, uh, sometimes I call it my life verse because I just love its message so much. I, it, it's so positive. It's so simple. Uh, things, things that are simple are the, are the things that really speak to me. Matthew 7, verse 24. I'm, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds his house on solid rock. Anyone who hears my teaching, I think it says in the New King James Version, who hears my teaching. He had been teaching for probably maybe an hour. I don't know how long it took him to, to, to do the, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Uh, he covered a lot of different topics. Uh, I, he on, on very relevant subjects to our life. This was I look at it as his introductory sermon right there in the beginning of in the beginning of Matthew, if not in in chronological order with what he did in his ministry. At least in the way it's arranged in the New Testament, it's the first few chapters that are inked in red because they're the sermon that Jesus preached. He may have taken an hour, hour and a half talking, and, I, and the way he had healed so many people, people didn't mind listening to him because they, they, they could also hear uh, power in, his, in the authority with which he taught. And uh, uh, so he concludes the message, referencing all that he said in chapter 5, 6, and 7, all that long sermon, all, that, all those wise, uh, God-given uh, messages of truth on different subjects. He said, anyone who hears this and then does it and, and then follows it, uh, it, it, the NIV says, hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. Or the, the New King James Version says, hears these sayings of mine and does them. Uh, it is, is a wise person that, like a person who builds his house on solid rock. Of course, down there in verse 26, he follows that up just a couple of verses later, but says, but 
to the contrary, but anyone who hears my teaching, you, you've sat here and listened, you've, you've soaked it up for, for, uh, for the last few hours. You, and, but now, if you, don't, if, you, if you don't do it, if you don't put it into practice, it doesn't obey it, it's foolish. And here's where he makes a, a, a tremendous impact. Like a person who builds his house on sand. And he illustrates the two with, uh, with, with a fuller description of, you know, the result of building your house on a rock is that the winds and storms and rain are going to come beat against that house, but it's unmovable. It's not, it's not going to fall down. He said, but the house that the guy builds on sand is, uh, is very destructible because when those same winds, those same adverse situations come against you, when the storms of life rage against you and, and the winds and the rains beat down on you, the, the sand, if you're built on sand, you'll, you'll crash with a mighty crash. Mm. Uh, if, if, you, if you think about it, this is so practicable. This is so practical that you can you can get so much out of it. And, I, and I, I said to somebody tonight when I was, I was, t I was showing, telling Gary what the, what the verses was so he could put them on for, the, for those that are uh, a part of the streaming. Uh, I said, I hope after we leave tonight that this is one of all of our favorite verses. I just want you to see how doable it is. All the Lord asks us to do is don't just ignore what I just said. Don't just get the, get the fun out of it of hearing it said, you know, yes, it, it perked your ears up. Yes, it was interesting. Yes, you thought, wow, that, and it made you, you know, scratch your chin and say, wow, that really had some, that's some powerful content. That must have come from God. Yes, every single word he said came straight from God. He is God. Yeah. When he said it, it comes from God. Amen. And, but he's saying, don't make the tragic mistake of thinking that's what it was all about for you to be inspired for you to have some chill bumps on you because, wow, that was good. That's not what it's for. It's to make a difference in your life and, and on a moment-by-moment, moment, day day-by-day basis, but it's to make a difference in your life way on down the road. When you've so, when you, I start to say if you sowed seed, sown, sown seeds that, that produce a great harvest, that, that's what you'd be doing by putting into practice everything that Jesus taught, not only the Sermon on the Mount, but everywhere that you can find it taught. Practice it. Uh, I've, I, I, learned, I learned this real early in my ministry that uh, the, the best part of any sermon or the, uh, the, the greatest thing about any sermon is not uh, how it's homiletically arranged or, or, or who preached it. Maybe it was your favorite preacher. Uh, and, then you, and you just, you know, you, know, you really want to... Say, that was a great, great sermon. Let me tell you something. What, what's most important and most valuable about any sermon is what you do with it. What, do you, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with the, the part of it that came straight from God and touched your heart and God said to you, I, I want you to do that. I want you to do it. If you'll put it into practice, I mean, you're... Your, uh, your efforts to put it into practice, the Lord will notice that. The Lord, if the pastor preached on, 
uh, what, what the Bible says about gossip, not, not gossiping because you're, you're basically stealing the person's reputation by doing that. And it's just, it's a, it's a terrible thing to do. And if you try to put a stop to your gossiping, the Lord's going to notice that. And he's going to enable you to do it even more. He's going to give you insight. At, at the scripture we were studying in Sunday school class this morning about planting the, the, the different soils. He said, the, the more that you, you, you try to accept the truth, the more accepting you are to the truth, the more God's going to give light on the subject, the more he's, he's going to give a little, bit, a little bit better understanding. If it just takes you choosing to be receptive to the message that he gave. I think that's what that's saying, don't you? Anyone who hears these sayings and, and does them, puts them into practice, is wise like a person who built his house on the rock. Um, Jesus, uh, when, he, when he used that illustration, building on sand or on solid rock, I wonder how many builders had to learn that lesson the hard way. I've, I can imagine I might have been one of the builders who said, wow, let's get out really close to the water. The, the closer to the water, the more they're going to like it. I want to, the more, the better the view is going to be. You're going to hear those waves. You're going to, you're going to feel the, that, that, that cool air coming in off the water. I mean, let's, we'll be able to open up the windows. I just ignore all the realities of, uh, of engineering about the foundation and hey, and, and here's another bonus. It's easy to dig the trenches in this sand so we can pour the footing. Oh, yeah. We'll have this house built a lot quicker on the sand. How many builders had to learn the wrong way, the long, hard way that they have to have some rock beneath them? They, they've got to, I know the church that I pastored for 20, for 30, 32 years, it's hard to believe, but that, that they had to, they had to use, uh, on, the, on the hill that was, it was chosen to be built before I went there that many years ago, uh, they had to use jackhammers to dig the trenches because it was, that, that particular hill was just a, a rock. And, uh, well, I guess that's good for the church in the long run. You build whatever you want to build on it. It's not going anywhere with those, with those footings embedded in solid rock. But, so, so I guess what I'm saying here is, do any of you want to invest? I, I'm thinking about buying a house or building a house, and I need a few of you to invest in this house. Would, you, would any of you want to give $100,000 or, or, or maybe even $1,000 in a house that I'm going to build out real close to the beach and in the sand? I, don't, I, couldn't, I couldn't get a one of you. If you ask enough questions, I don't think I'll even risk a dollar in that, and I think you're a goofball for, for even wanting to. That's probably what you're going to say. But, but how, why can we conclude so quickly that that's true in the, in the illustration sense, but, it, but we all know that we hear a lot of things in preaching, hear, hear a lot of things that the Lord spoke to us when we're reading the Word. You know, when you have a morning devotion, here, here, if you have a morning devotion and, you, and you're willing to spend 15 minutes or 10 minutes in the Scripture, look for something that you can do. Look for something that challenges you to do something different today. Look, you know, whatever it is, the Lord, if the Lord said, be kind, then, then I'm going to practice that today. Yeah. I'm going to take that and I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to put it into practice in my life. And everything you read, you, you'll, be, you'll be wise building your house on a solid rock if you do what the Lord illustrating right here. Um, you know, over in Matthew 28, verse 20, 
That's the Great Commission. Uh, go into all the world and, and uh, make disciples of, of every nation and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And then what does it say? Some people can't even remember the last part of that verse. It says, teaching them to obey all these things that, shall, that, that I have commanded you. In other words, the Lord didn't, he doesn't want just disciples who just come to church and listen to sermons. He wants disciples who know what he commanded and are doing in them and living a fruitful life because of that. Yeah, that's, right. he, that that's why he told us, he commissioned us as a church not to stop, not to stop with just getting somebody saved, but teach them all these things that I've commanded you. But before you can teach somebody all those things that he's commanded you, you've got to know them yourself. And you need to have some experience uh, with, uh, with what it was like to try to, you know, you know, maybe you can talk to them about what it was like to try to begin to do that. When I started trying to do that, here's, here's how it worked for me. And, 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 and then also that your life can be an illustration of how you do that, how you do what the Lord commanded us. All I'm doing is just really being real practical because I think that's what that verse is. That's why it's, it's a life verse to me. I just want to practice. I want to be a wise person and build my house on a rock. I don't want to get to the end of my life and, and, and I've, I've built my house on sand because I heard what he said, even preached what he said, and didn't do it. I guess all, all your life, have you ever heard the, 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 the saying, preacher, you need to learn to practice what you preach. Well, if the preacher needs to practice what he preaches, so does the people who are hearing the preaching. Because we're not preaching what our opinion is. If we're preaching the word, it's worth doing. It's worth putting into practice. Uh, it's really by our actions that we're building our house. It, by, by what we choose to do and what we choose not to do that we're building our house. And, and what, what, if we're building it on solid rock or if we're building it on sand, it's because of whether or not we took Jesus' word for it and put his words into practice. Just consider right here in this very chapter, let's back up to the, we could back up all the way to the beginning of the fifth chapter, but this sermon would be very long if we, if we took a lot of things from chapter five and chapter six. But I challenge you to read them. Just like we're gonna read about four verses from, from, from the seventh chapter. Go back and read a few verses from each of the chapters and ask yourself, am I doing that? Am I doing that? That's what we're gonna do. Matthew 7, 1, do not judge others for you will not, and you will not be judged. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. That, that's chapter 7, verse 1. Don't judge others and you'll not be judged. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you'll be judged. Do you judge people's character by uh, what you see? You know, you size them up by what you think about how they look, how they're acting, what they're driving. <laughs> who knows? Uh, who knows what the silly things that come into our, our mind as we just size up somebody and, uh, and, and we, we judge them. We, we prejudge them before we know anything about their real character. We, we, we actually determine somebody's identity and and character a lot of times within a, a couple of minutes, a couple of minutes of, of, of conversation or even watching them have conversation, or here's the worst of all, hearing what somebody else says about them. 
just in a couple of minutes, we've already got a, got that person kind of identified in our mind. We're judging them. And we don't know them at all. We have, we don't know anything about whether, whether what we've, what we've characterized them to be is what we're even close to what we're thinking. The Lord would have us to what? Wouldn't he have us to uh, get to know that person and try to love that person and, and absolutely refuse to judge that person? Even when we think we get to know them, don't judge them. Because if you judge them, you'll, you're going to be judged by the same standard that you're, put, by, by, that you're expecting of them. Uh, in fact, the very things you judge in them w- will become uh, something that you have to personally fight a battle over in your own life. Yeah, that's, right. that's the way it happens. Uh, hmm. You know, there's a, there's a lot of things about judging that uh, we think it's okay as long as I don't talk about it. I can feel that way. I can judge them. I can, I can have my own opinion about them because of what I heard or because of what I, what I see or what I didn't see. And, and then we think it's okay if I, we size them all up if we, as long as we never talk about it. Well, in the first place, you will end up talking about it, even though you didn't intend to, but it's still just as wrong to do it before you end up, before you, uh, if, if you judge them and, and you characterize them un, unjustly, inappropriately, even if you don't talk about it, it's still wrong. The Lord said, don't judge them. Don't judge them. So how many, how many, how different would our life be if we never judged people? We never judged them by the color of their skin. We never judged them by their economic, what was apparently their economic. I mean, it goes both ways. You can judge somebody because they look like they have a lot of money and, and you, you start making all kinds of characterizations or because they have no money. Money has nothing to do with character. Nothing to do. And, and character... But God, God wants us to love people. Yeah. Love people. Amen. So, so can, you, can you put into practice that simple saying that the Lord gave us in the very first verse of chapter 7? Can you? Will you, will you choose to? That's the question. Because if you'll choose to, you definitely can because the Lord will enable you to do it. That's right. Amen. He will enable you to not be a judge of people's character and and not, not, not to make that tragic mistake but of missing the chance to love people like God loves them. God looks on their heart. And he asks us to do the same. Let, let's, let's look what it says in, in verse 7. Here's another one we need to ask ourselves. Am I, am I just reading this or am I doing it? He says, I, I think in the King James it says something like this. Ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened. In, the, in, this, in this one it says, keep on asking because it's a present uh, uh, perfect tense. It, it just talks about you do this and you just keep on doing it. You're continually doing it. In the present tense, you're doing it. Asking, keep on asking and you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. So I'm asking you, are, are you a person who, who uh, quits asking after you've asked the Lord and it doesn't look like he's going to do it. And you just drop that one and, uh, you know, or, or are you a person who takes God's word? I mean, God, he, he said to all of us right there, this is a big, big God talking for him to be able to say that to the whole world, ask me, keep on asking me. Keep on, 
Keep on seeking and keep on knocking because here's what's going to happen. I'm going to open that door. I'm going to hear what you said. I'm, I'm going to respond to you. I, I, care, I care about it when my people pray, the Lord is saying. He, he's, he's, he's putting himself out there for us and telling us what, he, what kind of a God he is and what he wants us to know him as and for us not to misjudge him because he didn't answer us the first time. You know, I don't know why the Lord sometimes waits long, long time before he answers prayers. I haven't figured God out yet. I got a feeling I'm never going to. I don't think I'm supposed to figure God out. I'm supposed to love him and trust him like he's, from what he says in this word. Are you a person who, who prays continually asking and seeking and knocking because you have faith in what he said? He told you he wants you to. He's not going to get tired of you doing something he wants you to do. Amen. He desires you to be a person who's asking and seeking and knocking. And tomorrow you're asking and seeking and knocking and asking and seeking and knocking. And you, because you believe he's a God who meant what he said. And you're going to see a lot of prayers answered. You're going to, there are going to be more prayers answered than you can keep track of. If you'll be a person who continually does what he says in that simple verse. That's one of the most powerful verses in the Bible, isn't it? Ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and the door shall be opened. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who seeks finds and everyone who knocks, door will be opened to them. The Lord said that. And, and, the, and the, he caused the, the gospel writers to put it in each of their gospels because he wants us to get it and not be inspired by it, not, not, not just be blessed by it. Oh, I love that verse. That's so good of her. No, he wants you to be blessed in doing it. That's what I'm preaching to you tonight. Are you, are you willing to build your house on a, on a real rock? All you got to do is do what he said. That's what, that's, that, that's what he pleads with us to do. See, I don't need to preach very many of this to make the point, do I? Maybe I could quit right there. But you could take this thought and go into Matthew 5 and Matthew 6, Matthew 7. Just keep on reading. Right on through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Acts, and keep on finding what the Lord told you in there. If you'd put it into practice, it would make an incredible, incredible, miraculous difference in your life. If it, if it won't, then Jesus wouldn't, if it wouldn't, then Jesus wouldn't have said, if you'll put this into practice, if you'll do it, you're the guy, you're the wise builder who built instead of on the sand, a perishing house, you built a solid house and the storms of life are going to beat against it. That's the house I want. That's the house you want too, isn't it? When you've lived your life, when you've lived your life for however many years the Lord lets you live your life, your life's going to have built a house uh, that, that, is, uh, that is either built on sand or built on solid rock. Here, here's another good one. Let me give you verse 12. I learned this one as a royal ranger because we learned it in the King James Version. It was the golden uh, rule. I think, uh, I, what was it we called it in royal rangers? Whatsoever you would that men would do unto you, do you even so unto them. Matthew um, 7, 11, or 7, 12 it is. And, and, uh, but here it's in New, New Living Translation. It says, do unto others whatever you would like them to do to you. 
Do you treat other people the way you want to be treated? That's the simplest one of all to understand. Because all we have to do is ask ourselves, how would I want to be treated if I was in the situation that they're in? What would I want you to say? What would I want you to do? How would I want to be treated? And then we just follow through on how you'd want to be treated. Every one of us are going to find ourselves doing a lot more love, spreading a lot more love, doing things more kind if we follow through on that. Because we, that's all we want. We, 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 don't, we don't want to be uh, mistreated. We don't want to be treated rudely. We don't want to be talked down to. We don't want to be cursed. We don't want, we don't want to be uh, made fun of. And so why don't we put into practice what the Lord said? It's so simple and so powerful. In fact, he went ahead and said that this is all the law and the prophets. He said that about those words, those simple words, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. This is, this is in, in several places in the scripture that the Lord said, this is the law and the prophets. This is what the Old Testament basically was trying to teach you to do, he said. This is what God wants of us, for us to be people who, who are, do unto others the same way we'd have them do unto us. Wow. Wow. Um, and then the verse 21, there's one more I'll, I'll share with you. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of the Father, my Father in heaven, will enter. The judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, but I will reply, I never knew you. So what, I'm, I, what I think this verse is saying, that uh, it's all about in those words, knew you. The Lord said, I never knew you. Are you a person the Lord knows? Are you a person in relationship with the Lord? And you cherish your relationship with the Lord. Marsha and I are about to have our 50th anniversary. And... Uh, I remember when I was, uh, you know, we'd been married a few years and I became a pastor in Eden. And we had the people, when they'd have 50-year anniversary, we'd have them stand up in the church and say, tell us how you did it. T tell us what it's like. D say, say what, you know. And they would all say pretty much the same thing. Well, just don't leave and you'll make it. <laughs> if you, if, as, long as, as, long as, you, as long as you just stick to it, you just stay at it, you'll find yourself having made 50 years. That, that's the case. It, it's a matter of, uh, it's, it's a matter of, uh, of re realizing that it's just a matter of sticking to it and doing it. Uh, if we've got a relationship with the Lord, I, I, I guess I was going to say this about a 50-year marriage. You've got to have a relationship. Yeah. You've you got to nurture your relationship. Yeah. When your relationship suffers, instead of letting it decay and die, you do what it takes to resuscitate it. Yeah. To, you, you forgive each other. You, you, uh, you, you do your first works over again. I, you know, I, I, we can go back to the way we acted when we were dating. Because we were really kind to each other. I was, try, I was trying to win her then. I was only letting her see my good side. She still only wants to see my good side, the truth is. <laughs> and uh, and that's, that's just the truth the way it is. But, but God's saying... Are you, are you in a phony relationship with me? Is your relationship with me uh, 
some kind of game for you? And, and he's, he's saying when, when the Lord uses the words, only those who actually do the will of my father, the will of your father is to do what you did this morning and, and, and put, your, put your sins on the Savior that he sent and believe him and trust him and walk close to him every day of your life. He didn't tell us when the rapture is going to be. He could have said, this is the day it's going to happen. And everybody would have waited until the day before to really get all right with God. He wants you to live every day as if the rapture might happen today. In fact, the other thing he didn't tell you is that when you're going to die, he could, have, he could tell us all when we're going to die. But he wants you to live every single day of your life because you'd be missing something if you're not living like that. That's how you're really going to love your life is if you're living ready to die today. If, if I die today, I don't, have to, I don't have to regret anything because I was living every day of my life ready if I died or if he came because I've got a relationship with him. Are you a person with a relationship with him? If you've got a relationship with him, don't worry. He's not going to say to you, I never knew you. Amen? He knows your name. He knows you love him. He knows, he knows those prayers that you're praying are sincere and genuine. He knows that, you, that you, you trust in him with your heart. You believe in him. You take his word seriously. And you want that relationship with him to be stronger and stronger. And you even want to bring other people into relationship with him. You want your children, your grandchildren, you want everybody that you can possibly influence to come into relationship with him. Because that's what it means to love the Lord with all your heart. I don't think the Lord was saying anything legalistic about this. I don't think he was making a list of rules that God says, and, and that's what religion is. Religion is a set of rules that, that, that a, a group of people decide, this is what God says will make us acceptable to him. So they, they get, go through the regimen of the, all these rules. That's religion. God's not into religion. He's into relationship. And through your relationship with him, you love him, and you, and you, you get to live every day of your life doing the will of the Father, which is to love him with all your heart all your soul and all your strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Someday we'll, I'll preach to you on, on that verse. That's, that's also one of the greatest verses in the Bible. But, uh, and so th those, four, those four ways right here in this very chapter, I, I was preaching about what the Lord said about hearing my, my saying. So I just wanted to take some examples of four things that he said right here in this very chapter. Are you doing them? Are you judging others? Are you praying consistently, asking, seeking, knocking? Because you know he hears and answers? Does that, really, is that happening in your life? Is it, it many of you say, absolutely, I, I catch myself praying numerous times a day, uh, maybe not coming down to an altar, but, but where, where, where I'm at, I'm, I'm talking to the Lord, I'm engaged in conversation with the Lord, I'm praying, I'm, I'm seeking God. And that, that's, that's what he said. And are you doing unto others as you want them to do unto you? I think we can probably work on that one the rest of our lives. And try to get better and better and better at doing unto others as we'd have them do unto us. Yeah. All we got to do is, is just take time to observe. How would I want them to treat me yeah. if they did that? If somebody is mean to you, you know what? That doesn't mean they want you to be mean back. Maybe they want you to understand them and forgive them and love them anyway. And realize it was a bad day for them. Yeah. It was a tough day for them. And love them right on through it. That's what I'd want rather than get mad and upset with me back because I, was mis I mistreated you. Verse 21, not, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord. Certainly you call out to him, Lord, Lord, in relationship with him. Those are affectionate words and they, those, are the, those are your connection words with him. 
He loves you. And he's not going to resist you and, re and reject you. So, I, I, I guess I just, I'll, I'll, I'll near my conclusion with this question. What's so hard about doing what he taught? What is it that, that if we're not doing them, why are we not doing them? Are they hard? Did he give us a lot of hard things to do? You know what? You know, all it is, is it, gets, it gets against selfishness. We, we've, got, we've got to deal with selfishness so that we can really enjoy, really, really enjoy doing what he said. Otherwise, we're just going to be happy enough just to hear it and applaud it. Wow, that's good. I, I'm going I'm to get me a poster of this and I'm going to hang it on the wall of that, of that verse. I'm going to look at it every day and I'm going to say, wow, that's good verse. Lord doesn't want you to put it on your wall. He wants you to put it in your heart. And do it. And do it. I, I really hate it that I have to tell you the truth. The only part of this book doing you any good is the part that's in your heart. The rest of it is potentially going to do you some good. It's on your shelf. It's in the book if you'll open it and read it. And if you, in fact, take a verse so seriously that you put it in your heart and you begin to live by it, then this word's doing you some good. It's going to do you all kinds of good. But you have to make up your mind. It's not hard to do what he said. The, the scripture says, my commandments, his commandments are not grievous. They're not heavy burdens to bear. Doing what he told us to do is the very best way to live your life. The scripture that I was reading you from Psalm 32 this morning, the Lord said, I want to read those words to you again. It was so powerful. Uh, I'm going to turn back there to uh, Psalms 32 and read you toward the end of the chapter. I, I love the way this ver way the Lord used David to write these words. He said, uh, the Lord says, this is verse eight, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Do not be like a sourceless, a senseless horse or mule that needs a bit and bridle to keep it under control. Those, those two verses just are so powerful. The Lord, do you really believe the Lord with his commandments is guiding you along the best pathway for your life? Is it, is it really true that, that, uh, that, that, that what the Lord wills for you is the very best your life could be? It's the best version of your life. So don't think that to do what he says, to really put it into practice, is going to cause you to lose something about satisfying about life. If you don't do what he said, you're going to lose something. That's why he said if you lose your life for my sake, that's when you'll find it yet again. When you choose to, to squash and, and, and put to death selfishness and you begin to take Jesus' commandments and put them into practice in your life, that, that's how the Lord is guiding you along the best pathway for your life. Uh, I, I just, if any of his sayings are unappealing to you, I'd like to, I'd like to know how in the world that could be. His, something's messed up in us. The devil's trying to trick us if he thinks, if we're thinking that there's something unappealing about his words, Jesus' words. Because they are rich with life and reward and blessing. Satan's trying to trick us. Um, you know, he really does try to trick us and say that, hey, 
It's not necessary. God will love you even if you don't do that. He just tries to get you any way he can to, to, to make the decision not to follow through on what the Lord says you can, that he wants you to do because he's trying to steal something from you. He's not trying to give you, make your life better. He's trying to rob you of life because it's when you do what Jesus said that, that's when you're, you're going to be building your house on a solid, solid rock. I, I, is there a chapter in your life? Can you look back on your life and say, wow, there, that, that part of my life, I, I was living in contra contradiction to his sayings. And man, it was so satisfying and so healthy for me. And, and I, if I had the, the chance to go over and live that part of my life, I'd just go live. Nobody's going to say that. I, I wish I could live every, every part of my life that I didn't live his way. I would love the chance to, to go back and correct that. Because the only parts of my life I don't want to change are the ones that I, I did what he wanted me to do. I don't have any regrets about them. But the other things, it was the devil tricking me, robbing me, stealing the joy of, of my youth by making me a hypocrite, you know, and I was part, part of the time Christian and part of the time worldly as a teenager. And, and the enemy really, really robbed me by, by every, every time that I, that I compromised my, my intensity or my... my Real intense desire to live for the Lord. I, I saw this quote by C, CDC, the uh, Center for Disease Control, and I was pretty surprised that they published this, but uh, it was one of, one of the things that, was, that came before them because they do surveys all the time. And, and this is what one of them said, and, I, and I'm, not, I'm not saying this to attack any, any certain kind of sin. I'm just saying it's an example. It's an example of what I'm saying. They, they published it. This, this statistic that 47% of lesbian, gay, or bisexual teens reported that they had seriously considered committing suicide. Almost, almost 50% admitted. I'd say, I'd say that's pretty well proof that somebody's trying to rip you off. Somebody's trying to, somebody's trying to steal from you by, by leading you into what what, what he was calling freedom. But why, why would that many people want to take their life? There's only one reason, because that's not God's will for your life. The Lord's trying to lead you along a wonderful path for your life and, and choose to embrace exactly what the Lord says about your life, sexually and in every other way. You know, don't, don't marry anybody until you ask the Lord, is this who you want me to marry? And don't, and, and don't, just don't choose any kind of lifestyle at all unless it's the Lord, lifestyle the Lord's showing you to live. Right. One that, that he honors and, and that you find it uh, agreeing with you in his word. Uh, God wants us to have enough faith. Get the, this, is, this is really interesting. Enough faith to believe everything Jesus believed without any exception. If Jesus believed it, that's what I want my mind to believe. If Jesus didn't believe it, I don't want my mind believing it. I want somehow that the things that I, that I believe that are inconsistent with him to be revealed to me so that I can quit believing what he doesn't believe. And I want him to show me every bit of the truth that, that he believed that I don't believe. Am I trying to be a walking Jesus? I'm sure, walk, I'm sure trying to be a follower of Jesus. 
I think that's what it means to be a follower of Jesus. That's what he's saying. That's why he's saying it like he's saying it. And if you'll, if you'll take these sayings of mine and do them, yeah. if you'll just believe like I believe and put this into practice, you'll have as an abundant life as I'm having. I came to, to give you this abundant life. Yeah. I came to show it to you. But the key's in, in believing what he believed. And, uh, and, do, and, and so, Lord, maybe as the way for us to close this me message tonight is, Lord, I choose for you to train my mind and my will to be a mirror of yours. Amen. To be a reflection of your mind and your will, Lord. Yeah. Would you take me and make, make me a person who, who really, really wants to do what you said yeah. in everything you said. Yeah, um, Psalm 1, one of my favorite verses. Uh, I got a lot of favorite verses. Um, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. I'll just stop right there. He's saying, better be careful who you listen to. Because you're going to get counsel from some people who are not in agreement with what God wants for your life. They got their own opinion and who knows where they got it. Maybe they think it's working for them because they don't know what it is to work, to have what the Lord wants in their life. So, ungodly counsel. I just want you to compare that verse that he's warning you not to have, not to have the counsel of the ungodly. We, we, by having the words of Jesus right here in, in the Sermon on the Mount and, and wherever we find them in the scripture, we have the, the opportunity of having counsel of the most godly person that ever lived in a human body. That was God incarnate in the flesh. And his counsel, no wonder he says, if you'll hear these words and do them, they'll really work for you. They'll keep working for you. You'll be really glad that you did it. And when, when the storms come in your life, you'll be able to, you know, the biggest storm that's going to come in your life? Death. What was he talking about? Was he just talking about when storms in this life come? Or was he talking about the judgment when you stand on the other side after your death or after the rapture? I think he's talking about both. Because storms come in both. The judgment is, is, will be to some people a terrible, terrible storm. Because they've choose to ignore. They've choose to refuse to believe. They, they've choose to set aside his, his, uh, his words of life. His, his offer to forgive. They've, they've, they've chosen another way. And that's going to be a storm. That's surely going to blow their house of cards in a million different directions. That's what he told us. Um, I think that what, what God said is I will write a code that I will live by. Those very words of, uh, that I'm going to live by, I'm going to put them in your heart so you can live by them too, so you will enjoy the abundant life that I have. I believe that's what God wants. He wants your life to be as abundant as his is. And he says, this is how you do it. Just believe me. Believe me enough to put it into practice. Begin to do it. Um, mm. um, Amen.
I, I, I would challenge you that the only way to live free is to live believing in, and doing what Jesus said. That's, that's the way to live free. Yes, Any other way, sin has some kind of a hold on you. I, I can assure you that if you follow through on what he says, that you'll be, you'll be delivered of all of your addictions. You'll have no addictions and life-controlling problems. We have a ministry. There's a ministry in the Stimulus of God. Every one of our churches can take advantage of it. It's, a, it's kind of a, a recovery program for somebody that was in, was in addictions, but it, it, it assumes that it, we're, you're not just, addictions aren't just things that can visibly be seen. A lot of times they're the things inside a person that, are robbing them of, of freedom of life. And the Spirit of God is the only one that can really set us free. And so it, it, the, the name of the ministry is called Living Free. And, and all, all it is, is is doing what Teen Challenge does. The most, the most successful recovery program in the history of man is the Teen Challenge program where, where that 85% of the people who go through the, the Teen Challenge program don't go back to drugs again. That's right. To compare that with the state's recovery programs, it's ridiculous. It's, it's unbelievable. Because theirs doesn't work, but God's works. And you know what they do at Teen Challenge? They have church several times a day. They have reading scriptures all day. They have prayers all day. They have ministry. It's kind of like living at youth camp. You know, when the counselors at youth camp were all in their most godly state. And you, and you, you, couldn't, you, couldn't bring, uh, you couldn't bring a radio. You couldn't bring a TV. I, I don't know if you can bring phones with you to camp or not, but... Uh, you, you, just, you were cut off from the, from the influence of the world and you were just immersed in the, in, the, in the presence of God. That's what they do at Teen Challenge and that's why it worked. That's why it worked. It works because you took Jesus' words seriously and you began to put them into practice and before you know it, you were living free and you didn't want to go back to bondage again. The chains fell off. The chains will fall off your life. If you've got any addiction at all, maybe your addiction is depression. Maybe it's, it's just uh, uh, giving up or, or you know, something that, that nobody else can see, and, but, but you live in the torment of it every day. God, if you'll take Jesus' words, you will live free of every addiction. I believe that with all my heart. That's a lot for a pastor to up here and stand up here and say, but I believe it with all my heart. It worked for you. It worked for me. Don't you believe it? Wow. Lord, help us now know what to do. Help us now know what to do so that we can step into living free. We can step into living by that, that uh, mindset, that uh, worldview that is in your head, <laughs> that's in your heart. Lord, we want to see the world the same way you see the world. We want to see the enemy as, as our number one uh, enemy to be opposed and, and, and to overcome him. And we want to see you, Lord, as our ally that, that, that comes to set us free and, and fortify us to win every battle. Lord, we want to see victory and we want to live victory. And I pray for this audience to know exactly what to do tonight to put into action what your word has said to us this evening. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, would you stand with me, please? Would you stand with me, please? I kind of, I think you could, you could summarize what I said in this message tonight is this morning we, we talked about him being our, the one who forgives our sins. Tonight we're talking about him being Lord of our life. Yeah. Lord of our life. Yeah. Because we, we take his words and try to do them. Yeah. 
not try to do them. We just put them into practice. Yeah. Baby steps. And then it becomes bigger steps. Yeah. Has the Lord spoken to you tonight? And, and would you, would you uh, commit to, if it was in the verses that we had or another verse that the Lord put to you about what he said, will you commit? We commit to him. Lord, I'm going to put it into practice. Lord, I'm going to put your words in practice. I want a house that's more established than ever on, on solid rock. I believe what your word said tonight, and I'm going to put it into practice. Amen. I, I really just want you to come back down here to the altars again. Would you do that? Would you come and just stand with me around the altars? Let's just conclude right here at the front. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to sneak out after we pray together at the altar. I'm going to get on that side of you so I get to shake all of your hands on the way out. That's part of my plan. But, but my first part of my plan is for us to bring ourselves before the Lord as a body, as a church family. Would you, would you come up here and just stand with me in this altar area? Let's stand here together. And let's just, let's just ask the Lord to, to do a work in our minds, in our hearts. And help us to remember the practical doability of this message that he's spoken to us tonight. Thank you all for coming. Thank you, thank you all for coming. Yes, Lord. Lord, we're in the altar. It's a good place for us to be altered, for us to be changed, for us to be transformed, Lord. And your presence is the presence that does it. Lord, we just ask that your mighty presence fills this altar area. God, let your presence show us it can be done. What we, what we learned tonight from your word, what we talked about, Lord, is not just a good sermon. It's not just something inspiring. It can be done and fruitfulness can result from it in our lives. So, Lord, we're in this altar to commit and say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I want to build my house on a rock. I want to be a wise person not make the tragic mistake of thinking something else would satisfy, something else besides your will, some, something beyond what you, what you will for us, Lord. Lord, let us listen to every whisper, every bit of the correction that you, that you bring into our lives so that we can experience the blessing you promised us, Lord. The blessing you promised us. I pray for my brothers and sisters. I pray, Lord, that you, that you would just to put this message in their heart to stay. May it stay. May it still be there next week. May it still be there a month from now. May it be there months and years from now, Lord. But for the rest of our lives, we just ask God that, that this practical message that you've shown us from John, from Matthew 7, 24, would, would tonight become part of our living, that we live out this truth. We, 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 we recognize when the enemy's trying to steal something from us by, by, by tempting us to do something you, didn't, you don't will for our life. Lord, we want to listen to your words, your message, your teaching, your sayings. We want to hear them and do them, Lord. Not because of re being religious, because that will earn us heaven, but because it's the way, it's the truth, and it's the life. It's the way you live. It's, it's what you call us to so we can live free abundant lives. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I praise you. I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
Thank you that your word is absolutely true. Yea and amen. Your word is true. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Now, while you're saying hi to each other down here, I'm sneaking on the other side of you, okay? Marshall, would you join me? Let's, let's greet these beautiful people as they are walking out tonight. Thank you, David. Walk by here. God bless you guys.